really nice house. So we bought it owner financing, uh, meaning the seller and zero money down. The seller financed 100% of the property um, with $1,000 principal only payments um, off the house. Um, and the house also had a small one bedroom studio apartment uh, that we're able to rent as well. So if you kind of walk through those paydays, we had... Welcome to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Today, our guest is Zachary Beach. Zach is going to teach you about lease option investing, a topic we haven't covered on the show yet. He and his business partners, his family, they do lease option deals all over the country. It's a very interesting niche to be in because it can be very profitable and you can solve difficult problems for your sellers that can't get out of properties. So we're going to teach you how to do that and important lessons that Zach has learned along the way. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Here it is. Zach, welcome to the show. Hey, Taylor. I appreciate you having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited to deliver your audience some, some great value and I'm excited for this conversation. Hey, me too. Me too. So can you fill out your background for us and help the, the listeners understand where you're coming from and what you do? Sure. Um, so I, I was actually a bartender and personal trainer when I hopped out of college. You know, that was my perfect uh, degree. I'm so glad I spent tens of thousands of dollars on that degree as I ended up bartending and personal training for about four years. Uh, then I just started really burn the candle on both ends. I was serving people drinks at night and then I was waking up and helping people work out and eat healthy, um, you know, in the mornings, very early mornings, unfortunately. Um, so at, at one point in time, I was just getting super burnt out. So I actually went to my father-in-law who um, had a real estate company and had been involved in real estate for a long time and said, hey, I don't I don't know if I'm going to like real estate, but I need to figure out something else other than what I'm doing right now. Uh, so let's kind of see where this goes. Um, so I spoke with him and my brother-in-law and they said, oh, why don't you just hop on board? So um, in between those other two jobs, I started dialing cold calls and, and calling on uh, sellers from either for sale by owner off of Zillow or other other um, lead sources and started to kind of get in the rhythm and then eventually went full time in April of probably it's about three and a half years ago. Um, and, you know, it's kind of been in real estate and, and then also teaching people how to build a real estate business now for about three and a half years. And it's been quite a ride. Cool. So what kind of deals do you do? I mean, there's a lot out there in real estate that we can do. And what is it that you do? Yeah, so we focus on uh, three primary strategies. Um, owner financing, so when the seller acts as the bank, uh, buying properties subject to the existing loan, so taking title on a property um, and taking the property subject to the existing financing. Um, and uh, and then the third would be a sandwich lease option. So uh, really you're, you have two pieces in a sandwich lease option, which is you're buying the property at a certain price, you're taking over it, as like a net lease, and then you have a option to buy it on and before a specific date in the future. Hmm. Okay. So few options there. And we haven't talked about lease options on this show yet. We haven't, we haven't covered that, um, in depth. Can you t teach us about the business model behind the lease option strategy? Because it's not a lot of people are doing it really. And, and a lot of most people aren't familiar with it too. Yeah, I'll tell you, I was actually in a in um, a room at a event two days ago 
down in Texas uh, with a really well-known um, well-known person, Eddie Speed, who who teaches how to buy and sell notes. And uh, my family and I were the only two people in the room. And there's a room of 50 people, and they all were doing million plus businesses down there. And we we're the people, only people in the room that did uh, lease options or what we call buying and selling on terms. Everybody else was a wholesaler or a flipper. Um, and so that just tells you how crowded that niche is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the reason why we buy this way and we use these techniques is because we're not looking to use our own cash. We're not looking to use our own credit and we're not looking to raise capital and use investors money. Um, my father-in-law, Chris got hit really bad in 08 and he had a ton of, um, a ton, a ton of personally signed debt. Um, so instead we created the, we've been maximizing this, these options because you don't have to use those. Uh, you can buy and sell and leverage other people's, uh, assets, uh, and not go get new financing, um, unless you're doing owner financing. So, um, with that being said, we're not using banks. So it just makes, allows us to sleep at night a heck of a lot easier. And, uh, the deals are actually create some, some really great paydays associated with it. And we can certainly go into that as well. Um, but just to kind of yeah. circle back around to your original question, I mean, a lease option in the in the simplest terms is just you're agreeing upon a price with a seller, assuming that there's a mortgage on the property. You just then take over any and all expenses, including the mortgage, and then you agree upon a date in the future. On or before that date, you pay off the remaining balance of the mortgage, and you then uh, give them the equity that they locked in at the beginning. Um, hmm. Which is so so that's what it means to is that what it means you mentioned you buy properties on terms is that what it means to buy a property on terms yeah so when, when we say terms it's it's uh really when you buy property on terms it just simply means that you're creating terms or uh, including uh, some major terms that we use are uh, purchase price um, monthly payment that could vary and also the length of the term can vary. Uh, so you have types of deals that we've done where it could range from a balloon date or a um, or the option date could be three months, three years from now, or it could be 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. So that's a really good, uh, so that, uh, again, the longer the term, obviously, the better the deal as you're getting principal pay down. You're usually getting a spread every month uh, and the protection from a default from one of your buyers is, is, uh, it's a lot, a lot safer for you because you can always, mm. you have more of a term to, to then go find another buyer if needed. Hmm. So you, now we're, we're bringing in buyers. So it sounds like your exit strategy on these properties is to bring in a buyer. I mean, what does this, the, the business model look like in terms of a, an actual transaction, you know, a, a subject property, under this strategy, like what are you doing along the way and where are you making money? Yeah. So why don't we do it? We'll take it right from the beginning and then we'll jump over to the buyer side. That way everyone can get a full picture of how a transaction would work. Great. Um, Great. so say we, uh, say we find a seller, um, we're going to agree upon a price with a seller. We're going to lock in their equity. We're going to take over their monthly payment. And then on and before an end date, we're going to cash them out. So we're agreeing upon all of that with the seller. So, and then why we call it a sandwich lease is now we're in the middle and now we're going to go find a buyer. Uh, our buyers tend to be people that are just outside of financeable from a bank. Um, some people call them penalty boxes, some uh, penalty box buyers. Some people just say they just need cash. Uh, they need their own credit fixed. 
Um, but typically it's just somebody who's either self-employed uh, and needs time for financing or somebody had a legitimate hiccup in their credit. They have a down payment. They have the, the right debt to income ratio. They can afford the property. They're looking to become a buyer. They're not just a renter. We're not just sticking somebody in the property for no reason. Um, so then we sell on our rent to own program. That's always our exit strategy. So um, within that rent to own program, you're going to collect a nice non-refundable deposit that comes directly off the purchase price. Um, you are going to be selling this property um, higher, obviously, than what you bought for the seller. So there's a nice spread there. So you collect a non-refundable deposit. You're obviously going to rent the property or the monthly payment for the buyer is going to be higher. So that way you can create a nice spread there. Um, and then on the back end, when they actually cash you out, you're then going to get uh, some more of your profits. So if you've noticed, we're able to create three distinctive paydays off of one deal. Um, that's a huge difference between us and most other niches. It's you're, you're able to create multiple uh, profit centers from one deal. So uh, on average, those three paydays for us are roughly $75,000. Um, mm. On an average deal, about 36 months. So we're not talking like making $75,000 on a 20 or 30 year mortgage. We're talking about in a, in a good three to probably six years is is an average span there. Hmm. Um, so cool. pretty pretty unique compared to most other industries. Yeah, and how are you locating these sellers? You mentioned your at least you used to do you used to call FS, FSBO listings on Zillow. I mean, is it through that? Is it through mailers? How are you? And what's a typical profile of a seller? Yeah. So we're still using all the basics. So your uh, expired listings are fantastic. So people that were on the market at one point in time and it didn't sell again, that that's great because now they're going to be open to more creative terms. Um, for sale by owners are great for rent by owners are fantastic because they're already used to that model of, uh, kind of collecting a payment every month, um, instead of actually selling. Uh, we do targeted mailings, but we don't always teach it right off the bat because that can become expensive. Um, but it'd be very targeted when you're when you're looking for somebody. And we tend to do targeted mailings if we're trying to take title on a property, such as owner or seller financing. Um, the typical, uh, say, profile of a seller is somebody that's either in one or two positions. Um, one is somebody that's in a very good financial position and can wait for their equity. Because uh, we can typically help them net a little more on their property um, as long as they have the ability to wait for it. Because obviously, if you sell traditionally, you're dealing with closing costs, large amounts of closing costs, uh, realtor commissions, other things associated with selling a property traditionally. Mm, yeah. And then, or you're dealing with somebody, and not always, but somebody in a desperate scenario where uh, maybe they're selling for roughly about what they owe. Um and they're going to kind of have to come out of pocket to, to pay a realtor or, um, so it, it tends to be one, one side of the corn, uh, on either side, uh, because you're really dealing with somebody with, with probably some motivation and it doesn't always have to be in a, a desperate scenario, but you're dealing with someone with some motivation. Hmm. Okay. So when I think about expired listings, I mean, a, a lot of times here I see things sit on the market that are just too expensive and like maybe the seller just has unrealistic expectations how do you weed out the ones and and not just waste all your time calling 
you know, the guy that wants half a million dollars for a $350,000 house just because he's crazy and he thinks it's worth half a million dollars. And he's not in necessarily in a, in some kind of financial stress type of situation. Like how do you weed them out and optimize your time, uh, around, you know, your, your cold calling time and your, your marketing time? Yeah. So, well, there's, you can always hire a VA to acquire leads, which majority of the time, uh, our students or our associates and, and we, we have VAs. So we have VAs that call on, uh, for sale by owners. We have VAs that call on expired listings. So you can use that, that third party in order to gather those leads for you. So you can optimize your time. Correct. That way you can work on the money producing activities for the business, which are talking with motivated sellers, going on appointments and making offers. And you can also use some technology. I mean, uh, we use Sly Broadcast, which is a, uh, a ringless voicemail, which so you're getting people to call you back that that if you left a really distinct voicemail, they know what you're looking for and they'll call you back if they're motivated. Um, and then you can also use some other technologies like uh, we use a CRM that allows you to text and email and, and things like that as well. So you can use some automation along there. Um, so you can, you can use that between VAs and automation to acquire the leads to get them closer to you. And that way you already have a filled out lead sheet. So you can determine whether or not that person's unrealistic or not. And that way, once you pick up the phone with them, it can be a two or three minute conversation compared to a 10 minute conversation uh, where you find out that they had zero motivation. They didn't want to do anything anyways. Um, so it's it's really being uh, it's loading up the front end and allowing some other people to do that job if you have the ability to. You know, like I said, I started by just making calls myself um, and then also really hone in on your scripts because we buy a certain way uh, and we have certain questions that we need answered in order to determine if that's a good deal for us or not. So it's instead of kind of beating around the bush, uh, you have set amount of time for, OK, let's build some rapport three to five minutes, ask the correct questions for another two to three minutes, move them through your follow up funnel and let the follow up funnel do its work. Hmm. Okay. And how do you protect yourself? Because in this, throughout this process, once you have a transaction going, it sounds like you're not, your name isn't going on the deed or anything. So how are you protecting yourself and making sure the seller doesn't just go and take your, you know, deposit you put down, if you put any, put any down and just sell the property and, and walk? Like what, what do you do to protect that downside. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's really, uh, there's a couple of things we do to protect ourselves. Uh, but let's say that you're brand new in this business uh, and you're not looking to uh, worry about making a payment right away on a property. Um, you can put a property contingent upon finding a third party, which is your protection from having to make payments with a vacant house. Um, or you can, uh, and if you're, if you have more deals going on and you're okay with making some payments, you can set a strict date in the future on which you're going to begin making payments, uh, even if you don't have a buyer in the house yet. Um, and that's when you would file a notice of option right away, which would um, not allow the seller to, to move on and sell the property because you've clouded the title. Um, but either way, once you have placed your tenant buyer in the property and you started the backside of your process, then you're going to file a notice of option. That way you cloud the title. Hmm. Okay. That's important, right? I mean, it, it's probably hopefully kind of rare that somebody's going to try to sneak you out of the deal like that, but we need to 
protect ourselves whenever we're we're doing real estate deals and to make sure that doesn't happen right yeah absolutely so it's it's weighing that option though is it's kind of the two different scenarios i went over it's weighing your options of hey i just got started i don't want to commit to making payments well you can protect yourself with the contingency or and of course that that may you know you may lose some deals that way right because somebody could then kind of skate around you um Compared to, okay, let's lock in the deal. We'll start making payments, but I'm going to make sure that nobody can sell this property around me. And we always ex- joke it's to a seller, it's, hey, so you don't go and sell your property to your uncle without me knowing about it. Um, so we cloud the title and that way. You can never you know, release the property unless you get paid. So then if somebody ever tried to do something sketchy like that, then you ha- at least have the ability to negotiate and get a, a fee out of it. So if, if for for folks that are interested in this method, interested in the lease, lease option strategy, how do they, what's the best way to get started in this way of investing? Yeah, I think it's just like any niche, Taylor. It's number one, you find uh, somebody that's reputable and that has the systems and processes that you look to, that you want to implement, right? Somebody that's doing what they say they're doing and is consistently doing it. And then um, within that niche, and then after that, it's put your blinders on and start learning from them. And then once you have enough to be dangerous, start taking some action, and then you can make adjustments from there. Um, so that's that's always my opinion. I've I always have uh, coaches and mentors, and I spend a heck of a lot of money on going to events in order to surround myself with the right people uh, and to learn the correct knowledge. That way, I can take my personal, me personally, and my business to the next level. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I see um, we're on the video here for the people that are listening in, in your office there behind you. You've got a couple of uh, awesome things on the wall. The one I, I see says mindset is everything. And it looks like it might be a, a yeah, it's a goldfish with a shark fin on it. And then the other one uh, is like a nutrition facts label. And it seems to say success nutrition facts. And then I can't quite see the breakdown, but I can imagine it's got some good stuff on it. So it seems like it's a big part of the the mentality of success is a big part of uh, your priorities. So, you know, what can we as other investors learn from you and how you've cultivated your mindset and why it's important to you? Yeah. So I've had some ups and downs in my life. Um, as we were talking, you know, you're 30, I'm 29. I I grew up in a, an era where um, there was a lot of drug addiction and uh, and things along those lines. I'm, I'm from Central Mass and you know I've had my own issues and I've been through my own ups and downs. So um, when I was probably in my early 20s, I started to really start working on my mind, um, which has allowed me to continuously make progress in my life. So uh, I had to start feeding my mind as, as uh, I didn't read a book like I think I read like one or two books when I was in high school and college. It wasn't until I started really getting like honed in on what I wanted to do in life uh, and started realizing how important it was. Um, as I picked up my my very first book in, in personal development, and that was uh, You Were Born Rich by uh, Bob Proctor. Um, hmm. If you guys don't know Bob Proctor, he's on The Secret. Uh, he's a really well-known person with, that goes along with paradigms and success and things along those lines. Um so I, uh, and then I hired my first coach that kind of walked me through, uh, very nice lady, Patrice walked me through, um, all the paradigms that I had in my life and all the preconceived notions about what was happening. And, and so I realized that I need to really work on my mind if, 
if I wanted to reach these lofty goals. I had these huge goals and this mindset that was on the ground. Like my goals were on the skyscraper, my mindset was on the ground. So uh, I really started to feed myself with as many books and audio books and uh, YouTube videos. Um, first was just for motivation. But then as I continued through that process, it was starting to get tangible items on how I could really better myself and uh, both myself, but also in the industry um, that we're in. Hmm. So what would you say are the biggest like top two or three things that, that you, the most impactful lessons that you've learned where, you know, I, my, and I, I'll say for my example, I feel like in many ways when I improve at something, you know, I'll, I'll, I do jujitsu. So I'm going to take that as an example. My improvement, my learning has been, it's, it's very, it'll be gradual and getting better, getting better. And then something will happen. And it's like a huge leap. It's just like a big difference. Something, somebody teaches me something. I pick something up that it just changes the way I do everything. And I've noticed that my real estate investing life and success and all that is no different. It'll be, there's, there's something that I hear, I learn that is a a great leap forward. So what are some of the big things that have been the most impactful for you in that way? If you have things like that. Well, of course, I think we all do, but your prime example, what you're talking about, it's just perspective, right? You have to, you didn't know something existed uh, and then you educated yourself or you kept in, in a keen eye out for things that were happening. You know, you were, your reticular activating function, you started to think of things that, uh, that you wanted to attract. And then all of a sudden you picked up on that next level activity or that next level thought that somebody gave you. And all of a sudden your perspective was hundred percent different. Uh, we're just, we're all stuck in these like tiny little boxes for so long until we wake up on something. And then we're like, why didn't I think of that? It's because we weren't looking for it at that time. So I would say the number one thing is just, I'm, I'm constantly hunger for, for knowledge. I just enjoy reading. I enjoy listening to podcasts. I enjoy listening to audibles. I've taken advantage, which some people do. Some people don't. I've taken advantage of the beauties of technology. Because you can either surf the internet, be on Facebook, do all this stuff that clouds your mind and you know keeps you in this box, or you can use it to better yourself, watching YouTube videos to, to educate yourself, listening to audibles, reading books, things along those lines, um, because I constantly want to grow that perspective. I, w- I want to grow my awareness, because once I'm aware of something, then I can start putting myself in a different position uh, and start creating things. So Simple, simple as this. I went to, I just got out of an event we were talking about and all of a sudden, so I got out of an event and the guy teaches notes. Um, we buy and sell on owner financing. So it's like, it's very correlated in a way. So mm-hmm. I picked up on like two or three things that I never thought of. Um, and then now I'm, now I'm reiterating it back to sellers and now I'm working on longer term deals and taking more title, taking more properties on, under contract. So, um, it's just, it's that little switch. So huge thing for me, constantly look for ways to educate yourself. Um, second huge thing, this may sound simple, but journaling. If you don't journal and you can't get out your thoughts and get out all the things that you've learned, then you forget them, um, which is important because you got to remember these, you got to write them down because uh, you're constantly in a learning cycle and you're constantly learning from yourself. So if you can't look back on the past and say, um, you know, where was I a year ago and where am I now? And you can't measure that. Then how do you know if you're growing or not? So it's really important that, uh, journaling is a, is, is a second huge thing. Uh, and this may, 
I guess you're in, you're into working out. I can tell, uh, and jujitsu. So that's a huge, that's a huge thing in my life. Um, working out, uh, has brought a lot of clarity in my life. Uh, when I like go on runs, um, I just, I, I get so creative, especially like in the morning when your subconscious mind's still going, think of these like amazing thoughts that then translate into business would send translate into dollars. So, uh, working out is, is super important. Plus I always know when I worked out cause I have so much more energy, um, during the day. So those three things, read journal exercise, super simple, but if you don't do them, you know, it, it's, I guess it's not simple if you don't do them. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But you're you're investing your time and your efforts in yourself, and these things. There are a lot of these things that um, they they may or you may or may not see a short term payoff on any given day with you know uh, working out or whatever. You know, going to any particular event like uh, you might pick up a piece of knowledge and on Saturday at an event. And then Monday, if you're thinking about it and you're looking for a place to apply it, you might not find something Monday, but keep thinking about it and you will. So it's that, it's that constant effort to learn and you'll apply these things and they'll stick. I mean, nobody ever got in shape from going on one run. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, it sounds, uh, yeah, I I think, I think it just sounds super simple because it's, it's a part of my life. Um, and it seems like it's a part of yours as well, Taylor. Um, but if it's, but you have to apply it. And and I think each one of those things, it's not a short term success. Like you don't see the short term success. And I think that's why people don't always do those say three things, because it's it's the long haul. Um, you know, we're in a we're in a, a long man's game right now. I mean, if you want to be successful, you want to be wealthy. I mean, it just takes it's the compound effect of doing all these tiny little things uh, each and every day. Um, you know, for a long period of time. And if you can't get consistent, then it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Okay, Zach. So I have three questions that I ask every guest on the show. I love them. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. First one, what is the best investment in real estate that you've ever made? Well, I would say uh, the best deal that I've done uh, as far as an investment was we bought an owner financing property. Um, backstory was this: these sellers had a really nice house on a lake. Uh, I think a good dramatic thing happened in their family. I think their daughter died, which is absolutely awful. And they didn't ever want to go back to that lake house. Really nice house. So we bought it owner financing, uh, meaning the seller and zero money down. Seller financed 100% of the property. Um, with a thousand dollar principal only payments um, off the house, um, and the house also had a small one bedroom studio apartment uh, that we were able to rent as well. So if you kind of walk through those paydays, we had uh, I think we collected twenty five thousand dollars up front. We collected like a, I think it's a five hundred dollars spread each month uh, for forty eight months, and then uh, the principal coming off the house is forty eight thousand at the end of the term. Um, so plus. Um, we were collecting seven fifty a month from the studio apartment. So all in all, it's going to be a six, uh, six figure deal. Um, I'd say that that's a fantastic, uh, uh, deal when it comes to numbers, but the importance was, is I got to speak with the, the seller and actually help out a family that was in a need of, and it was in a weird position. And we tend to, in, in my business, we tend to find solutions for weird things, uh, as mm. we're crafty, we're creative, we were able to create at terms 
we get really well paid for it, those those paydays. Uh, but you know, you have to be creative in order to do so. So uh, it was a uh, it was a really good investment, both with my time, as as you were alluding to earlier, uh, by working with people that really needed our help, uh, and then it was a really good investment via uh, cash flow as well because. It was it's infinite return because we put zero money down. So Yeah, but it's uh you put the work in to to get there and that's the big thing. You know, that it might be zero money down, but it's not zero time down. You've got years invested to get yourself to that point and both years in terms of just the amount of time you've been doing this and then significant amount of time and actually nuts and bolts doing the work, setting up the systems. So you you put yourself in that own you you put yourself in that position so you know that's really what it's all about right yeah i always sp- explain this to anybody that's looking to get involved in our industry uh, or get involved with our community and it's um it's it's simple it's not always easy right it's uh we have you know a to z process on how to get these types of deals done there's proof of income like we've showed that you know doing these types of deals is a legitimate way to grow and scale business um, it's very simple, the process, if A, then B, if B, then C, but it's not always easy because you are growing a business. You are a real estate entrepreneur. You are dealing with the ins and outs. It's not always, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, you're able to create a really nice lifestyle for yourself if you, if you can get it done. Nice. So on the other side of that, we talked about your best deal. What is the worst investment that you've made? Uh, I think I've made, uh, I think, I think as far as time goes, I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded myself when I was younger, but really crappy people. So, uh, that was probably the worst investment I've ever made. Cause I may be in a completely different place if I found the right people earlier in my life. Um, as far as deals go, um, I did a deal. It, uh, actually it was my very first deal and I was actually trying to prove myself because I entered the family business. Um, and I didn't have a deal for six months and then I finally did it. So, um, and it was a property that we bought, uh, subject to the existing loan. So the person was selling it for what they owed on the house. We took title mortgage stays in the seller's name. So title transfers mortgage still stays. We are contractually obligated to continue to make those payments. Um, come to find out once we placed the buyer in the house that, um, so that's the way the town set up. Uh, there's a municipality in both, um, in two different towns, really, because one's like a, where it's located is like a sublet of a town. So one, one of them stated that the, there was no lead in the house. The other one said there was lead in the house. Um, we didn't find that out because of course we went to the one, cause we found the information from the one that said there was no lead mm. and the seller actually illegally disclosed and said there wasn't any lead in the property. And uh, it's a pretty big deal, but the guy had zero to lose, uh, clearly. So uh, we end up having to put thirty grand to get the property deleted. Uh, so the oh, entire man. house had to be deleted because it's like an eighteen hundreds house. Um, so as soon as we, uh, as soon as we started that deal, it was negative thirty thousand um, dollars. Terrible way to start, especially your first deal. I still joke about it, um, but there is good news because you know we have these longer term deals. Uh, we did end up, uh, we're actually in the process right now cause we had a tenant buyer in the house and then they defaulted, but we're selling it traditionally right now. And it looks like there's going to be like 60 to $70,000 net profit on the back end, uh, which makes up for, um, you know, may, we made back some of the money that we, 
that we uh, originally put into the property, but it wasn't the best way to start <laughs> my real estate career. Uh, learning lesson there though, if you do have a real estate business and you don't have credit lines set up for these types of things, I mean, that could have cost us our entire business, right? Um, if uh, us as a family didn't have credit lines set up, because if you do, you put it in, you know, uh, you, you fix it up and then you get it on the back end, or as soon as you do another deal, you pay down the credit line. Mm, nice. Nice. The third question is my favorite question. What is the most important lesson that you've learned in your investing career so far? Um, that I don't know what I don't know. Um, I, that's why I'm like constantly looking for the next, for the right answers and constantly trying to surround myself with people that do know. Um, cause it doesn't matter how good of an investor you become and how big of a business you have, or if you're a millionaire, billionaire, you still have to surround yourself with people that know more than you in other subjects, right? Uh, you can be super expert in one subject, but you need some help in the other one. So, um, it's, I just, I, I don't have all the answers all the time. So my biggest lesson is don't just try to pretend that you have the answers. Just surround yourself with the people that do, or don't be afraid to ask the question to somebody. Um, that way you can have the right information. Yeah. Somebody out there has the answers. You just have to get out there and meet enough of those somebodies and you'll get the answers coming your way. Yeah. And seek them out too. If you constantly see a, a pattern or a question that keeps coming up in your life, then you should seek out and don't be afraid to spend money on mentorship and coaching and things like that, because that's, it's really important because if you want to grow, then you got to find the people that are ahead of you and that know the information that way you can apply it one day and, and internalize it. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks for everything so far today. Where can our listeners get in touch with you? We didn't, uh, we didn't talk about your, one of your businesses or, or your, I, I don't know how you print where you prioritize it, but, uh, as a, a smart real estate coach, we didn't even touch on that. So can you tell us a little bit about that, what you do in coaching and, uh, you know, where folks can get in touch with you and all that? Yeah. So yeah, we have two different businesses cause, uh, we always want to be on the cusp of our coaching business. So we still buy and sell real estate the way we teach it day in and day out, speaking to sellers and buyers every day. So, um, but smartrealestatecoach.com. Um, it's me, my father-in-law and brother-in-law. We, we have an, uh, an amazing support team and we also have some amazing coaches along that as well. But we teach people how to uh, buy and sell real estate this exact, this exact way. Um, so it's uh, an amazing community. We call it the Wicked Smart Community as we're from uh, New England. Um, so just an amazing group of investors that are buying and selling throughout the country uh, and doing it uh, the way we were talking about earlier today. Um, I think the best way for people to get their head wrapped around it and, and get some additional information, uh, I'd love to give your audience our, uh, a free book our, our actually hardcover, uh, actually it's, it's soft, soft cover, but it's an actual tangible book. Um, uh, our best, our new Amazon bestselling book, uh, new rules of real estate investing. Awesome. How can they get a copy? Yes. Yeah, so you can go to the website. It's new rules New rules for free.com. It's our family plus um, some other leading experts in different niches. Um, so that way you can really get some great learning lessons in, in different niches, uh, personal development, uh, and just a bunch of uh, things associated with who we are, our community, uh, and what we're doing right now. Um, and if it's a good fit for you, then we'd, we'd certainly love to chat. 
Awesome. I, you know, I've got a copy of the book, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get started with it. I only just got it, uh, yesterday. So really I'm looking forward to reading it. It's a good, it's a good looking book. And uh, from what I skimmed in, in it, uh, I think it'll be a, a very good read. So definitely worth folks, uh, reaching out and grabbing a copy of it. And, uh, are there any other websites, any other ways that, uh, folks can, people can get in touch with you, uh, other than new rules for com? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, and again, I just want to highlight this too. So you're not going to pay for shipping or handling or anything. It's just for free. We're, we're going to, we'll ship it and we'll handle it to you. Uh, you just have to give us your address. Uh, while you're waiting in the meantime, as it usually, you know, takes a little time in order to ship a book, uh, you can go watch our webinar. It's about 45 minutes long. It's free. Uh, that'll give you a really good insight of who we are again, how we do, uh, how we do business, some example deals. We'll do some breakdowns on there for you as well. That way you can dive into our business. And that's just smartrealestatecoach.com slash webinar. Smartrealestatecoach.com slash webinar. Awesome. Well, thank you for all the lessons today. I really appreciate it and uh, appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. I had a great conversation. Learned a lot from you as well. I And I uh, look forward to maybe being on some other time. Uh, but again, thank you for your time as well, Taylor. Hey, my pleasure. To everybody out there tuning in, thank you for listening to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a big help. They really like to see that people are, are engaging with the show and enjoying it and, and uh, just be a big help to me. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, and if you know somebody that out there that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, share the show with them and bring them into our little tribe we got going here and and we'll get them growing their growing their passive income income growing the money that's coming into them once again thank you for tuning in i hope you have a great rest of your day a great week and we will talk to you on the next one